Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Ghetto. My name is Hans. I'm Edward. And we are your hosts for now and forevermore. Or until one of us defeats Smog in a battle to the death and gets all their treasures, you know? That is I'm, awesome. I'm and I'm hoping <laughs> that that maybe forms a small part of the new Lord of the Rings show. Although I think it takes uh, place even before The Hobbit, right? Yeah, way before. Uh, in the Second Age. So okay, I think well, that's like 2,000 years before or something. Before we digress any further, because this is generally how Gettle works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you are one Already. of our regular listeners, welcome back. Yeah. If right. you are new, welcome to one of the internet's finest repositories for gaming, entertainment, technology and lifestyle, news, reviews and previews. All wrapped up in a wonderful capsule of greatness because we're all sick and we need that medicine in our lives. <laughs> oh gosh, just just pump that vaccine into me already, hey? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Edward, how are you doing? Good, actually, just tired, but good overall. How about you? You know, yes, exhausted. Um, yeah. We actually spoke about this earlier this week. Of course, we have this is all anecdotal and we don't have any evidence to support this, but. We think it's a change in season, how winter just snuck up. And so here we are, uh, more far more tired than usual, hoping that things, you know, get better in terms of um, sleeplessness. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's how it goes. So we're going to just launch straight into our reviews before the delicious mm -hmm. content. And then NSFW, which is... Uh, Kind of how these episodes work if you're new, but if you're a long-time listener, you love that I explain this every week. <laughs> yeah, of course. It, it just it's kind of the port format. We yes. say hello. Everyone else says hello, even though we can't hear them. We <laughs> we talk about the reviews. We talk about interesting shit, and then we get to the juicy shit. You know, that's exactly um, exactly exactly <laughs> it exactly it. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So we have more movies and TV series again this week versus anything gaming related. Um, the games are coming. The only reason why things are delayed is because no matter, despite the fact that we've been in this industry for over a decade, there are PR people and agencies out there that still require us to beg for code. So I'm just saying it because I am very, very frustrated about this now. I'm actually just so tired that this is always the case. You would think that having a really good website that almost gets half a million views a month and a lot of other good social aspects, including how well this podcast is doing, that, you know, we wouldn't have to literally beg for code. Um, but even some of the biggest websites in South Africa still have to beg. It's a that's, really sad state of affairs, to be honest. That's the reality of the industry, I think. It's just... Oh, well, you know, you'd think so, but then you get people who literally do absolute minimum effort and end up with all the code all the time be before release. And then we yeah. just sit and we watch because obviously everybody follows each other and you just look and you're like, oh, okay, that's nice. Uh, I wish I could also just send out one Instagram story or one tweet and that would be it. I wouldn't have to yeah. worry. But no, in order for us to get code, we have to send through our analytics, which we, we do almost on a monthly basis. Um, and they're very good in my personal opinion. And then yeah. we also still have to request that we get code. Now, granted, it's not everybody in the industry. There are some absolutely phenomenal PR people. You know who you are. Um, and then there are those who just make life very difficult, no matter who you are. You know, whether it's because 
they don't like you or don't want to help you, or maybe it really is further up the food chain. Nobody ever really knows because PR people seldom ever give you a direct answer. Yeah. Anyway. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, anyway. I, I know we can continue bitching about this, but let, let, let's not. Let's, uh, you know, get into the good stuff. And the gaming things are coming. Um, there's a few. There's some from Nintendo, some from Sony. Um, Microsoft's a bit quiet right now, but hopefully in due course, we'll get more code from them and other companies as well. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Uh, the first thing on the list is a film called Penguin Bloom. And it's a true story, which I thought was quite interesting. And it stars Naomi Watts and Andrew Lincoln. It is set in Australia, in the northern beaches of New South Wales, to be accurate. And it has to do with this Australian family who went on holiday to, I think it was Thailand, if memory serves, because this was about two weeks ago that I watched this film. And unfortunately, the mom, when she leans on a a balustrade on top of this hotel, it breaks and she falls off. And unfortunately, she ends up breaking her back. And so Mm. she is... um, immobile from basically her ribs down unfortunately and so what the film does is it then goes through the you know what happened to her and how it affects the family and how interestingly enough a magpie comes into their lives and helps Naomi Watts's character progress through everything that she has been dealing with including neglecting her children you know because of the pain and this you know look can you imagine i mean it's it's unbearable to think to lose your faculties you know so to one day yeah. go from being able to walk to not being able to walk or even go to the the toilet on your own and and, and what i mean by that is when i say losing your faculties like you know you have to have a colostomy bag for the rest of your life because you mm. literally can't control yourself you know it's sad and that's a huge that's huge toll on someone so the film does a decent job of exploring that to an extent and in terms of the, the magpie sorry I'll, I'll, I'll tell you in a second i'll let you speak in a second um in terms mm-hmm. of the magpie it's all about how the magpie comes into their lives who's also injured and then through the magpie being healed by the family it helps the mother process what she's going through yeah uh, just to clear things up the magpie is called penguin um, yes. As far as I know. <laughs> that, uh, thank be- you. So, yeah. Otherwise, why would it be called Penguin Bloom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the magpie's name is Penguin. I know yes. it's based on a book called Magpie the Penguin, or Penguin oh. the Magpie. Something. I just knew it was yeah. a, a a true story. So, okay, that makes yeah. sense. True story written into a book mm. and then book to movie. Yeah, it's it's a memoir and then a movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's lovely actually. Mm. Overall, it's it's a decent film. I wouldn't say it's amazing or good by any stretch of the imagination, but it is, it's an average watch. You know, it's the the Mm. typical time again story of somebody who's going through something difficult and then they work through it. Um, I do feel it was a little, you know, wishy-washy when it came to how the magpie was helping them, you know, that kind of thing. But overall it is a, it is a lovely story and, Mm. you know, everything that these people went through and how they overcame the challenges make the movie worth watching, despite it not yeah. being riveting or incredible in the least, you know? And the, the actors is, do a great job. Um, Naomi Watson yeah. and Andrew Lincoln are great, although I do think Lincoln's Australian <clears throat> accent, 
leaves a little bit to be desired. <laughs> I thought he's English. I... He is English. Oh, well, obviously. That, yes, that's what that's I'm. Why. I mean, okay. Yeah, when we yeah, say yeah. English, he's British. So yes, he would have. Yes. He would talk like he's having crumpets with the Queen instead of putting on the Australian accent because in New South Wales with Barbie on the shrimp or shrimp on the Barbie and an avo. Oh, no, that's actually not how the Australians say it. Um, sorry about my poor Australian accent right now, but I have it because it just flows off the tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're I can, pretty much... mine is probably not very good either. Um, look, he, he did a, a generally good one, but. The reason why I have to pick it up as a bit of an issue is because he's sometimes slotted into a little bit sounding like a Kiwi. And, you know, Kiwis sound like South Africans. Oh, so yeah. there were moments where he would say things. I'm like, that doesn't really sound Australian. But uh, Naomi Watts did a, did a fantastic job because I stand to be corrected, but I think she is Australian. Yeah, so, she is, yeah. yeah. So no wonder. So, of course, it was flawless. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, her accent was fake. Okay. <laughs> Actually, there's this trend on uh, Instagram Reels and TikTok at the moment. With this lady who does an Australian accent, but then she goes and she puts on the French, an accent for the French person. You know, come to my house, eat the hamburger. Um, and she says it's Australian. And it's just really funny because then she went and she did another one where she's now going to do real French. And then she ends up putting a German accent. Obviously, she's she's doing it on purpose, you know, purposely yeah, yeah. doing the wrong. It's just, but it's, a, it's hilarious though. People are loving it. Um, right, now, moving on to something that every single one of you needs to watch. If you listen to Gettle, you need to be watching the show that we are now going to talk about. And that is Invincible from Amazon Prime. It's an animated series from the man behind The Walking Dead, Mr. Robert Kirkman. And it is... Absolutely exceptional. <laughs> I've heard so many good things about it. So. Now, we have spoken about EGAD in the past, and y'all must know, for me to say that something is exceptional, it better damn right be worth the watch. All right? Um, it's just incredible. The Like, I have to speak about this, because a few episodes back, we spoke about Shadow and Bone. Mm-hmm. And I said how it it dropped from being something that could have been exceptional because of the poor character development and the pacing. And what strikes me as so interesting is how this animated series did a better job of both of those aspects, despite being animated. And, you know, anime aside, when people generally think of of animation, not necessarily from Pixar either. I mean, I'm talking about TV animation, you know, like an episodic content. Mm. You know, you think of cartoons and you don't really think much about like character development. And, you know, because uh, cartoons generally for, for kids will do like a um, flavor of the week style, yeah. uh, you know, content. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Or yes, whatever, exactly. Yeah. And, and those are enjoyable in their own right. Mm. Now, Invincible takes the longer TV format where episodes are between 45 minutes to an hour and does such a fantastic job of building on who the characters are, why they think the way they think, their motivations, while consistently adding something new to every episode where you're like, oh, I want to know more. Oh, next episode, please. I need to know. <laughs> it's It's got that phenomenal binge element to it. Um, 
it's just very good. Okay, I guess I should talk about what it's about instead of just, you know, waxing yeah, yeah. on about how beautiful the show is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's essentially a superhero show whereby <clears throat> the show follows um, Mark, who is voiced by Stephen Yuen. And he is the son of Omni-Man, who is voiced by J.K. Simmons. Um, who is married to a lady called Debbie, and she's voiced by Sandra Oh. So as you can already tell, there is a lot of star talent in the show from a voice perspective. I mean, we were talking about like Zachary Quinto, Mark Hamill, John Hamm, um, Seth Rogen. There, is, there are a lot of people who voice a lot of interesting and incredible characters along the way. And 90% and of the time, you can actually, you, you can hear them. You know, it's actually really yeah. great without it being too obvious. Now, the way the story works is is um, Mark is a coming-of-age teen, and he's the son of Omni-Man, who is the world's most powerful superhero. Think of, it, think of him as like the Superman of this Earth. Yeah, essentially. He and the bar. Yes, he's from another country called... It's also the V. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, it's just literally just slipped my mind at the moment. Anyway, he comes from this other country, um, other planet... And according to what he says at first, this planet is filled with super beings and they all go out into the, the universe to help better other planets. And so it was his job to come to Earth to protect Earth in order to ensure that Earth is protected. You know, much like uh, the, the mantle that Superman eventually, you know, put upon himself, whereas, you know, he wasn't sent to Earth to protect Earth. He was sent to Earth to be the last remaining survivor of Krypton. Anyway, yeah, that's a riff. Um, now, on this planet, there are a lot of other superheroes. I mean, I'm talking about a lot. There's all, all kinds of people with all kinds of, of abilities. And they, there is this one particular group who are technically the Justice League. I mean, when I say that, it's kind of like a like knockoff versions of Wonder Woman and The Flash and Batman. It's, it's absolutely hilarious, but at the same time, ingenious. And mm-hmm. what ends up happening is they're all... Oh, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to say that. Um, no, let me not say that. So things it, happen because <laughs> I don't it's know. It's in the trailer. Is it in the trailer? Isn't it? I don't I know. It is. Okay, look, it's the first episode. Anyway, so so if, if I say it, it doesn't really ruin anything, all right? What ends up happening is they all end up dying. And then yeah. um, there's this case that goes on about who did it and why did they do it and what is the rationale. And then the series so beautifully begins exploring all of the remaining characters. You know, Mark. His mom and dad, of which his dad is Omni-Man. You know, what it means to be a human married to this super powerful alien being. Um, you know, what it's like balancing life and being a superhero. Because what ends up happening is Mark obviously comes into his powers. And now his father wants to train him. That's also part of the, the story. And how amongst all of this, there's a whole lot of other, you know, um, political scandal going on. It's, it's just, it's very, very good. There's not too much going on at once but just enough for you to consistently be interested and to wonder oh what about this villain oh is this villain really bad maybe they're good or is this good guy a villain who knows you know and they, they go through all of these motions and and they're so deliciously violent as well uh <laughs> it's it's like the boys but in cartoon yeah like I in, in animated you know version except whereas where the boys is very clear cut on who's bad and who's good um Invincible is less so. Um, I've only seen two episodes, to be fair. But For a reason, it's, though, and you, you'll you know ask. why when you when you watch later on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's good. 
it's, Look, it's good so far. I mean, y- y'all know Gettle is a podcast that talks about everything, but of course, all wrapped within like a geeky wrapping. That's why we always say that at the beginning of every episode. That's the whole point. Yeah. And this show is, it ticks all the right boxes. Even if you're not interested in superheroes per se, but you enjoy animation, perhaps anime, for example, you will really enjoy this show. It's It's... Very good. Oh, yeah. Very good. The, this show is very anime. Um, it is a cartoon, but it's right? very anime. I'm so glad you so. said that because I, I actually had this discussion with a cousin of mine and he was like, no, it's not anime. Not at all. And I was like, but it looks, it's got Just that like vibe, you yeah. know? Like, 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 yeah. yes, like, yes, I understand. It's very much like a DC Warner Brothers animation, but mm. there's a certain, certain things are drawn in the way that anime would be drawn, especially the yeah. violence. That's... Uh, uh, yeah, so I was good. about to say like that event that happens uh, where all the where the Justice League ends. Um, <laughs> Not that, that that's what they're called. Scene, <laughs> yeah, that entire scene looks like a battle snipped out of Dragon Ball Z. Correct, almost. Yes, um, yes, yes, so, yeah. Look, it's very good. Definitely watch yeah, it. it. It's on Amazon Prime. It is exceptional. Mm. Now on to another film that is average. We also watched <laughs> Ready or Not. Now, this was just a random film that we just picked. It looked like it had an interesting premise because uh, we watched the trailer. And uh, I can basically give you a rough overview because it's not really a spoiler since the trailer tells you all about it. Essentially, this young lady is marrying into a super, super wealthy family. Like, they're billionaires kind of thing. And what happens is on their wedding night, she has to partake in their family ritual, which is a game night. Unfortunately, unbeknownst to her, should a particular card be selected, it would result in her death. So she obviously... (laughs) (laughs) I'm not playing that game. (laughs) Well, well, okay, look, I'll talk about that in a second. So she then obviously picks the wrong card, you know, of course, because otherwise there'd be no plot in the film. And then she needs to fight for her survival throughout the hour and a half long movie. And with that in mind, I will admit it's, it's entertaining. If anything, this film is entertaining. And the lead character who's um, acted by Samara Weaving is sensational in the role. Honestly, like despite the film being so, so she was just fantastic. Like, her blood-curdling screams and her, you know, trying to get out of every situation was extremely believable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so, so she, did, she did a really, really great job. Now, the, the film also stars uh, Mark O'Brien and Adam Brody, which people would recognize from other TV series along the way, uh, most notably the OC. Um, mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's really the film. I don't want to... I don't want to... There's many things that I want to say because it's... But it's very much a spoiler. As So essentially, they do eventually reveal why the family does what they do. And when that eventually happens, nobody knows if it's real or fact. But then towards the end of the movie, they confirm whether it's real or fact. And then it kind of takes like a very comedic approach. <laughs> so it, it starts off with like being all very serious. I can, I, not, not really. It starts off serious, but it is very much a comedy. Like, for example there are three maids in the house and all three of them die in the first, like, <laughs> the first 10 minutes of them trying to hunt the bride. 
and the way okay. they die like i won't say how but like the way they die you just you can't help but laugh at it so it is a very much uh like a dark comedy okay um it's it's these it's entertaining that's why i say it's average versus being good you know i'd like to think that like a good movie is both entertaining but also like riveting and like well acted you know so on and so forth good script yeah. whereas this is very much like really you know <laughs> like really See, but okay cool i'm gonna keep watching because i want to so, know what's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> I bet if it wasn't for that comedic aspect, you would have hated it. This because you're not one for slasher films in general. And you're this sounds kind of like spot a on. You're, film. you're spot on. I was actually just going to say it reminded me a little mm. bit of the original Scream. But yeah. But having said that, the original Scream was actually excellent. But the follow-ups were dodged. That's true. You know. Yes. So I would say this is more like a follow-up. Or, or oh, okay. So it's not exactly scary movie funny or, or puerile mm. rather. It's actually genuinely funny, like how certain things happen, you know, um, as bad as that sounds. Like, like one example is the one maid. Uh, she goes, she she goes into. Oh, I forgot what it's called. Uh, one of those things in, you know, um, where you you put laundry in it and you send it down. Um, oh, the shoot. Kind of like a shoot, but it's a little bit a little elevator, so you can actually send things up and down. Anyway, oh, uh, the one yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them is in there, and then as the bride is escaping. She kills her by accident and her head pops off. You know, that kind of a thing. So, <laughs> okay. Or the, the the drug adult sister who is so high on cocaine, she shoots a maid by accident thinking it's the bride. Anyway, it's that kind of uh, uh, of humor. Um, but it's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. It's decent. Moving on to something that's actually quite good. And this surprised us. It's a show called The Innocent. Although that is actually the English name i think it's el inocente or something like that and it's a spanish limited series on netflix and it's good because it's super dramatic and suspenseful and apparently according to my mother this is typical spanish (laughs) typical spanish (laughs) it's not a novella no no it's not a telenovela Uh, it's a proper dramatic dark really good suspenseful thriller so what it's about is it's about this guy called uh, Matteo Vidal, portrayed by Mario Casa. And he unfortunately gets embroiled in the death of someone. So what is, basically happens is, is he goes out to club with his brother. He didn't want to go, but he goes because he's actually like, you know, he's a student and he was working on his law career, etc. And then while at the club, he wants to leave. And as he's leaving, you know, of course, as the story goes or the, or the trope, Pretty girl catches his eye and they dance. But then it just so happens that her boyfriend sees this and gets jealous. And then, of course, wants to fight, um, you know, Mateo. So they all go outside the club and then a fight starts happening. And then, unfortunately for Mateo, he pushes someone and that person falls and hits their head against a rock and dies. You know, because that, that can happen. That's like legitimately yeah, something that, that can happen to people if they hit their head far in a far in a far and hard enough when they trip or fall. So the, 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 the show then quickly goes through the timeline of how he had to be four years in, uh, in jail. Um, one, of those, one, of, one of the days within his first year, he was let out because both of his parents died in a car accident. Um, and then at that time, he meets a beautiful woman and then goes back to prison, but he, ne- he feels like he'll never see her again, even though he had an instant connection with her. Then he comes out of prison. He obviously has his law degree, and he um, he starts a law company with his brother, a law firm, sorry. And then, weirdly enough, they in, they interview people, and here is that lady he met for that one day. And they then, you know, 
hook up and eventually he marries her. And I know this sounds like I'm giving a lot away, but this literally all happens within the first 20 minutes of the series. So um, all of this is it's, it's exposition because it, it's not, it's important to what happens, but it doesn't make up the bulk of what happens is what I'm getting at. Anyway, all sorts of things happening. And the show then starts delving into a lot of other mysteries. So like there's some, there's a mystery concerning um, Mateo's wife, Olivia, and she's played by Aura Garida. And I, kind of, I don't want to say because it would, it'll give a lot. Of, so essentially what I'm getting at is that after that initial half an hour where I've already told you so much has happened, the plot then just begins to thicken exponentially. Jeez. Whereby, uh, you know, Mateo is now, you know, because his brother also eventually dies. All, it's, all of this happens in the beginning. And then he, it's just, it's good. It's one, it's like, it's also suspense driven and it's incredibly, it's got an incredibly high production value. Um, in, in, in the sense, what I mean is one of the, the best aspects of it is how the first episode was completely dedicated to Mateo. Then the second episode was completely dedicated to detective, uh, to Captain Sergeant Lorena Ortiz, who was, is portrayed by Alexandra Yemenese. I'm sorry if I'm, if I'm raping your surname. I'm so sorry. Anyway. Um, and the reason why they do this is because they give such wonderful exposition to the characters, building up who they are, where they're from, their thought processes, and how they're all eventually interlinked. So how Mateo is linked to Olivia, you would never put together until you actually watch these episodes side by side. And it's such a wonderful way of, you know, intertwining these characters it's 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 just good. It's a good good show. If you're wondering why I haven't rated it exceptional, it's because it can be a little OTT. Uh, you know, certain things will happen, and you're just like, you know, it's played out so well and realistic. And then one of the characters does something really dumb, and you're like, why would they do that? That's a little bit out of character, you know. Um, but it's highly highly entertaining, and I don't want to spoil. Cool. What else happens along the way? Because there are a lot of twists and turns where you'll just be like, what is happening? <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, you're explaining all of the stuff and then you say, oh, it's only the, 20, the first 20 minutes. Yes, I'm not um, kidding. Is it a limited series? Yes, yes. I think it's only so, eight episodes long. So that makes a lot. It even, <laughs> even more facts. Wow, okay. That's cool. No, it's... Look, let me put it to you this way. There isn't a single episode that feels wasted. So, you know, there's always something, there's always some character development or some, uh, you know, escalation of the story or like, he has a, an example, right? So, uh, he's ends up looking for a new home with his wife and lo and behold, the house that he really wants to buy just so happens to be across the road from the guy who sent him to jail, basically. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how it works. Just because. And then, of course, that guy sees him and decides to make his life difficult. And You know what I mean, right? So there's mm. a lot of stuff going on in addition to a, like a really, I would say, engaging uh, central arc of what exactly is going on with Mateo's wife and is it related to his time in prison or not. Anyway, mm. it's, it's good. It's, uh, it's, a good, it's a good show. That's cool. And that leads me, Edward, into what does it mean yeah. to be a manly man? Okay. Um, <laughs> steaks. Oh, I remember you yeah, asked me Yes, this. yes. Uh, so yes. we actually discussed this in episode 51. Uh, we had like a large discussion on things that are pointlessly yeah, you... gendered. All right. Mm -hmm. 
And, you know, the more we spoke about it, the more we realized there's actually a lot, a lot of things are pointlessly gendered. Now, mm-hmm. one thing that's not immediately obvious as being pointlessly gendered is fashion. So, for the longest period of time, and I'd say for a couple of decades, the Western, the Western side of, of civility, let's go with that, has stereotyped men and women into certain roles, into how they should dress, how they should behave, how they should conduct themselves in society. Oh, yeah. However, that is so far removed from what society used to be like even 150 years ago. Yeah. And so it was just very interesting because the initial fact that I came across was how in the 1700s, um, King Louis the Fourteenth in France decreed that high heels are a measure of status. So the higher your heels, the higher up in society you evidently were, right? <laughs> so, so a badass bitch with <laughs> the longest ass stilettos is like up there in status. So. So the, the, they they were a variety of, of of inches, right? So I think two and a half inches. So two and a half inch inch heels were reserved for purely the princes and the kings and the queens of the realm. Wow! And then it went all the way down to I think a half an inch for the bourgeoisie. All right, so okay. you know just above the absolute peasant commoner, you know, and it's just absolutely fascinating because the the truth the truth about fashion and makeup in society is how almost everything we have today that is considered feminine and considered peak female fashion used to actually at one point in time or another be a marker for male status and wealth that's dope and that is just incredibly interesting so we all know how in today's 2021 society there is a breakdown of um, genders for good reason and, um, you know, stereotypes for an even better reason. Yeah. And so you, you now see many more young, let's say men, as, as the example, you know, wearing makeup or doing their nails or wearing feminine clothing. And there are a lot of people out there who seem to have a lot to say about it. And why this is so fascinating to me is because how does an article of clothing gender like how does it stereotype you how it's an article of clothing it's a piece of cloth you know it's 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 just a stereotype hey ed i mean yeah the thing is it's it's easy to see someone wear a dress it's easy to see a man wear a dress and say oh that's a cross-dresser or he's transgender or whatever um it's another thing to see a man wear a dress and just know that he's a man. He just likes wearing dresses. Um, and that's, I don't know, that's the sad thing about today. Like, like even non-gendered clothing, um, like denims, are gendered nowadays. Uh, female yeah. women's denims have yeah. tiny pockets. Or tight. no pockets, eh? Or no pockets even. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. the big thing. Um, well, about you see, it's the other reverse as well. Why can men not have bags? Why is right? it that men are relegated to only using pockets for storage? Yeah. Uh, right? I don't know. Look, like, I, I mean... <laughs> I don't know. Ba- bags are awesome anyway, and pockets are even more so. 
So I don't know. I it looked it, weird. I mean, I, I I will I'll speak from my own personal perspective, right? Mm. I don't have an inclination to wear women's clothing, and when I say yeah. that, I mean what is stereotypically regarded as women's clothing. However, yeah. however, what I do find that bothers me a lot is I like color. I like to wear colorful clothing and you just can't find colorful clothing for men because for some reason men must only wear dark hues and brown and dark horrible colors where why can't I wear pastel colors pastel green yeah. pastel yellow pastel blue pastel pink which is one of my favorites so that's just you know it all comes together right it all sort of you know revolves around as to like why are, is clothing pointlessly gendered because it isn't, I mean, it, who cares, like, like, who cares if a little boy wants to wear a princess dress? So what? Yeah. It's a piece so of clothing. It doesn't imply anything. It literally has no ties to gender unless you've stereotyped it as such. Exactly. Or rather, we should say, 150 years ago, 200 years ago, if you were not wearing a dress, you were a peasant. And as far as I'm concerned, I wouldn't want to be a peasant. <laughs> <laughs> Right, Rather so so, so maybe so maybe what's actually happened is the peasant man has won over the monarchy and the hierarchies. <laughs> yeah. The, now, the... now, now, further talking about this, something else I also wanted to mention is: Do you know how most of the biggest fashion companies in the world are owned by men? I'm talking about Gucci, Giorgio Armani, Balenciaga, well, Versace. Prada, Louis Vuitton. Men, that's y'all. That's their Men. Names. Like Louis Vuitton is a is a male <laughs> designer and but, Gucci yes, as well. But but this is the thing though. They're all men. And yeah. in in what is in what is considered a woman dominated industry. Or a uh, 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 industry meant for women. Anyway, it's just it's so fascinating. Oh, and and the reason why I'm bringing all of this together is because I came across this lady's video by the name of Karolina Zebrowska. And she does the most incredible job of going through history and showing how clothes and makeup are by today's standards pointlessly gendered. Who cares how somebody wants to dress? It's irrelevant. You know, you yeah. want to wear a dress? Go ahead. And lucky enough, if you can find one, because goodness knows I can't. Anyway. Uh... <laughs> well, on the topic of makeup, um, many guys who went through an emo phase will know how bullshit that is. Like, not the emo phase, the makeup, <laughs> the makeup generally, because I listen, don't know, makeup isn't thing that makes I've, you make. I've make had to use good. makeup for stage acting, right? And I take my hat off to whether you're a man or a woman. I take my hat off to you if this is something you like to do every day, because it is. I don't know. I think maybe you get used to it. Like I've I've put the yeah. mascara on, and it is so uncomfortable. <laughs> But it makes your lashes look good. Yeah, I know, but it's un- it's un- anyway. Beauty is pain, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, uh, back to uh, Carolina. Her video is incredible. We will link to it below because she does a much better job than what I've done trying to explain this entire thing. And she's just an incredible YouTuber, to be honest. Um, it's a, it's just it's fascinating. Go and look at it. Um, one more little tidbit, as it so happens, is that King Louis, in addition to making heels something for the aristocracy. He also added that if you have a red undersole in your high-heeled shoe, that proves that you're royalty. And guess what is the defining mark for 
I've forgotten the name. <laughs> for <laughs> <laughs> there are these shoes that everybody always has to buy. Oh my gosh, how have I forgotten? I wanted to talk about it. Anyway, um, you know, like the, the, like shoes you have to buy for school. No, no, the ladies' right. shoes that everybody always wants to have. They're like the pinnacle of wealth. Anyway, they have a red oh. underside, and people have like been wondering. Yes, stilettos, and people have been wondering if that was to do with King Louis. Anyway, anyway, I'm digressing now. I'm digressing, and I've forgotten the name, so I'm so sorry. Anyway, <laughs> um, on that topic, uh, b- before we move on, yes, I just want to mention there is a movie called uh, Kinky Boots, mm. um, which is all about a transgender man who starts a boot company. It's a, an amazing movie, very good movie. Okay, um, so people should watch yeah. it. Because I don't yeah. think I've seen it. Yeah, it sounds good. It's it's exceptional. If you can find it online, watch it. It's a good and movie. I'm sure it's related to this, right? By breaking down yes, gender stereotypes. Much. Yeah, very very much. Yeah. yeah. Now, so, now a kind of stereotype that I don't think we should break down are dolls that take the place <laughs> well, of the living. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a weird stereotype. Okay, look, we've spoken about dolls many times in the past, but more so from an NSFW perspective and yes. merging them with AI and how they could become companions and it's a fascinating discussion. This was a little bit different. So this is about Doll Town, which is a small little village um, located in the valleys of Shikoka, Japan, called Nagaro. And... What's interesting about this little village is that there are more dolls there than there are people who live there. And when I say dolls, they're life-sized human dolls. Now, there's a bit of a story behind it. <laughs> I can really see your face, and you're like, what the F? I mean, as if there's not enough horror that comes from Japan. Now there's a town <laughs> that literally has dolls in place of humans. Doll town. <laughs> Gosh. Now, there was there's a lady by the name of Tsukimi Ayano. And she left Nagaro years and years ago to pursue a career elsewhere because, you know, it's a little village and if you want to make something of yourself, you have to leave. Mm-hmm. However, she decided to return. And, you know, upon doing so, you know, her, her father had passed and so she wanted to memorialize him. So what she did is she made a life-size doll of him made from straw and basically, you know, cotton clothing. Or the skin is cotton. And so she then had the idea of, well, why don't I make dolls for everyone who is no longer here anymore, whether dead or still alive, but just somewhere else in Japan. And so she just went on with it and she populated the abandoned schools and the parks and businesses. And now there are over 350 life-size dolls of her creation in this little town, which I think has less than 150 people. <laughs> so this woman single-handedly repopulated a town. If you could call it repopulated. Oh, cobalt. I mean, it's... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, for those of you who are listening, that is my cat who just wants to be in Edward's lap while he's recording. Because since I haven't been home in several months, he has Jeez. learned bad habits because no one is telling him not to do those but things. But it's especially bad today, though. Yeah, he's, he just wants his needy. He's always needy. Anyway. Gosh. So, anyway. Um, yeah, Ed, this is a town where there are a lot of dolls. And I don't, I don't think I'd ever want to visit. I mean, no. you hear of the, the crazy, <laughs> you know, horror stories from Japan. And 
I really have like memories of Chucky as a child. So no thanks. <laughs> I was about to say like we all hear these stories about the baby dolls. Okay, yes. and who wanted little dolls with the big eyes? What is a town of adult dolls gonna do? If they ever come alive. No, thanks. I'm super Well, yeah, exactly. Away. No, thanks. And even if they are made from straw, you know, they'll be like creepily strong. <laughs> there are many <laughs> stories out there about a straw doll. Okay. Oh, yes. So, uh, the, the Scarecrow. Isn't there like a whole film yep. franchise about that? Yep. Because um, these are technically all Scarecrows, right? I mean, technically. Technically. <laughs> all you yeah, need now okay. is like some voodoo priestess to go and like use you know like uh, imbue one of the dolls with like your soul or something gosh <laughs> on and, to a happier topic yeah. that also originates yeah. from japan hey edward <laughs> yeah pokemon <laughs> oh we... yes welcome welcome it's it's it seems like pokemon is turning into a staple of the of the episode i'm now. happy about this I don't really. Of course you are. I don't know if anybody really else um, thinks, but I'm happy about. It. <laughs> oh well, yes, speaking of, before have... so before you continue, Edward, if you're watching yeah, the video yeah. and I tilt my head, you'll see a box in the background, and it is Pokemon related. So stay tuned. <laughs> 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 I just had to throw yeah, it in there. I mean, mysterious box. <laughs> um, this time we have Ian to thanks a regular listener, friend of mine. Thank you, Ian, um, uh, for sending in just a quick one. He was like. Pokemon bikes. Um, oh, I can't remember exactly what he said, but that's what I said. Um, it, it's no, no, no. You page. wrote dope ass Pokemon bikes. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's, that's what I, because they are dope. To be fair, um, I do like Pokemon. Uh, I shouldn't, but to be fair, I do. Um, now it's all about it's the Thunder page, which isn't populated that much. Um, about. This person called Gloria, yeah, who goes by Miscellaneous Mao or Mo. Okay, uh, I guess it's Mao. Yeah, who posts all of their Pokemon creations, and they are a chef uh, or s- something of that kind. Someone who works with food and bakes and stuff. Yeah, and all, all I found their the, their Instagram, I found their <gasps> Twitter, and it's, it's so cute. I'm looking at Pokemon. it right now. Oh my god! It's gosh. so good so what um, what edward is talking about like for example there is a chocolate based chansey that gets put into what i'm assuming is either tea or coffee and then it melts it like and it chocolate. becomes it becomes a, the chansey evolution which i've just forgotten the name a blissy it becomes a blissy oh, yeah so, so that, it's, it's a, a marshmallow blissy that's amazing yeah so the chansey is a white chocolate bomb which has a hard blissy inside. Yes. And that is amazing. That's super cool. Oh my gosh. There's even a... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to talk about it now. There's even yeah. a Pokemon egg that they that's obviously chocolate or whatever. And they crack it into the coffee. And then a little yolk comes out. And then apparently, I think it looks like after a period of time, it turns into like a Pokemon on the yolk. Because she's squeezing a, a tiny little bottom. Yeah. No, not yeah, a Togepi. It's... Just a... It's, oh, cause, anyway, go and check it out. Edwin? Well, the egg is a Togepi. Ian? Egg. I mean, this is incredible. Thank you. Yeah. I'm now going to go um, and lust over these creations and hope that one day I get to eat some Pokemon. Actually, in, instead of linking <laughs> to the Tumblr, we'll link to the Instagram or the Twitter in the show notes. Is it nicer? Yeah. Better than the Tumblr? It, it's, it's populated every oh, day. Okay. It's being Fantastic. updated daily. This is so cool. Um, you see, like, I would do, like, you know, stuff like this we need an essay. Like, we don't have enough yeah. of, like, cutesy things like this. I mean, 
sure, this might seem like, oh, it's only for people who like Pokemon. No, man, it's an, it's novel. As long as this stuff is tasty, anybody would be keen to go and check it out. You know? At least yeah. that's how I feel about it, at any rate. Um, I think... I think Thank you, Ian, for submitting. Edward, for sharing. Yeah, it's cool. It's, um, it's, I, uh, it's I, I, I dig this. Um, I, I need it in my life. And you know I'm on, I'm on Pokemon right now, which I'll reveal more in a future episode. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of edibles, because these are all edible Pokemon, have we discussed mm-hmm. what Pokemon tastes like? Okay, no, we'll have to put a pin in that for a future episode. Oh, gosh, because that is well, something That is something I'm keen yeah, to, but, to, but. Um, to, to know, you know, to, to like look into. Anyway. This was sent in from Tegan from Australia. And it's basically, if the world ended, how long could you live in a supermarket for? Like, assuming, of course, you were the only one available, or like, like you managed to get there and then secure the supermarket just to yourself. How long could you live in it? So, Ed, that is a question I want to propose yeah. to you. How long do you think you would be able to survive for in a supermarket if you were trapped well, in it? Well, having read The Mist, um, I know I'll probably be stuck there with a lot of people, <laughs> some crazier than others, <laughs> and not long because they'll probably hit me over the head with a brick or something. Okay, but assume uh, it was just yourself. Or let's say, okay, okay you first, and then eventually you and Marianne. So Okay. If it was just you and everybody else was dead and deceased and you were like the sole survivor and um, you were you managed to barricade yourself in a large pick and pay, how okay, long so, do you think you could last for? So so, so the topic in question I've actually also watched. Um, oh, but, okay. So you know the answer then. Uh, so I'm a bit biased, but before that, I would say I wouldn't think more than a year, to be fair. Okay, so I would like you all who are listening to just think of a number. How long do you think mm. realistically you could you could mm. stay in a supermarket for? Now, the video that we're linking to is from Food Theory on YouTube. It's a fantastic channel, channel. for anything yeah. related to this kind of, a, of, of questioning. You know, like how long could you last for? And they do an absolutely superb job of going through everything in a fairly scientific manner, whereby... They look at the size of the store, how many products the store would have, and then into how many calories are recommended per day for somebody to actually survive and so on and so forth. And they go and they do some really fantastic calculations. And ideally, at the end of the day, they come out with, you could live in a store forever. Now, I know that that sounds (laughs) a little bit like how, how, you know. And, and and the reasoning is that although technically from the stuff in the store, right, if you do everything the right way, and we'll talk about that in a moment, you could technically get 60 years out of living in a large superstore or a large, mm. um, you know, grocery store like this. And the reason why it eventually goes to forever is because, ever, you know, you can obviously plant stuff yeah. either in or outside the the, the mall. You know, you collect rainwater, you know, you can live with mushrooms. You know, they go into a whole lot of things to, to potentially show how you could live there forever. Now, it's an absolutely incredible video. And they, they, as I mentioned before, they're going to a mega detail, like how in the first year, you know, if you act fast, you could um, preserve all the things that perish quickly, such as meats, you know, turn them into bultong, you cure them all with salt. You can do the same thing with sugar and fruits and you can, do, you can dry out vegetables and effectively pushing out the expiry date for all of these perishables by over a year. 
you know. Then, of course, yeah. there's the long life stuff. Things that are in cans or like are super um, sealed, you know. And 90% mm. of the time, those things don't really expire until maybe you open them, you know. Yeah. So it's just a, an incredible look into how you could potentially survive the apocalypse if you were alone. Of course, they do eventually deal in, you know, uh, they were talking about how, what if there was the guy was meeting his like girlfriend and then had a family and so on and so forth. And amazingly enough, if it was just you and this other person and your family, you could actually all live in a large sized supermarket once the apocalypse happens. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> See, uh, I always say, as soon as the, the zombie apocalypse happens, number one, I'll probably be oblivious because I am. Um, but the first thing you do, well, the, this is my zombie apocalypse checklist. Yeah, yeah. The first thing you do, you go to, an, uh, the, uh, I forgot the name, an apothecary. And you just uh, pillage. You, you pillage <laughs> the antibiotics. Yeah, That's yeah. number one. Because you know that shit's going to go. <laughs> number two, Go steal a tanker of fuel. Okay. Mm, mm. Number three, drive it to the the closest harbor, get it onto a ship, and go live on a, a ship for however long you can with the fuel you have. Well, you could just live then, offshore. It doesn't even have to be long or far offshore, just like a couple of hundred that's meters. The thing. You just need the fuel to, to get basically everyday so life luxury. Steal a luxury yacht. Live off the uh, shore, and then you can use a little a little buggy to come, or, or a jet ski to go from the shore see, to the. See, that's putting flavor <laughs> on things. I was thinking more like like an actual fish boat, fishing boats, or something. Oh, but Edward, but that's yeah. not comfortable at all. You got to be in you the zombie apocalypse in comfort. In the <laughs> zombie apocalypse, anyway. So that that's. That, it's that kind of checklist that I made long ago that brought me to food. Actually, you know what? Channel. You know what? Let's let's have a let's make this a discussion. Yeah. For uh, let's let's put a little pin in it, and then we'd love for those of you who listen to send us your your recommendations for a zombie apocalypse, and we'll discuss it yeah. for an episode. Your zombie apocalypse checklist. Yes. <laughs> I mean, goodness knows we've spoken about what to do in an emergency as well in the past. You know, kind of like the Waffle House from season one. Yes. And so this would, this would be. I'm keen to discuss it because, yeah. you know, like I have wondered this exact question. So I'm so glad food theory discussed it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's and so we, we could, okay, Edward, um, please note that Edward is not condoning you do any of these things. It's just fun discussion. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> please don't do this at home unless you hear the zombie apocalypse start. Okay, Ed, on to vanilla beaver anus. Tell me. Tell me more about yes. this. Why do I yes. care about the the anus, the anus of, a of a beaver? Yes, let's go. <laughs> so, and this is not even NSFW. I, We're just going to talk about beaver yes, ass now. <laughs> yeah, this is just interesting. So, I don't know if you knew this, Hans, um, or rather, let let me rephrase. For the longest of time, obviously, we all know vanilla. It well, comes it comes from, from pods. Yeah, the vanilla bean. Yes. Yeah. So. I thought that as well, and obviously that is true. Did you know there is an alternative way of procuring vanilla extract? I, I did and, not. Yeah, and apparently, <gasps> hold on, that's... is this is this the thing that they always say? See where vanilla comes from. 
Yes. Oh. <laughs> now, all, I always thought that this, this is shit because we all know where <laughs> vanilla comes from. Turns out that, yeah, we do, but we also don't. So, vanilla extract can come from the castor sac of a beaver, which is literally the thing that between the pelvis and, and the, um, the nether region of a region of a so like beaver, the which human is taint technically the anus yes oh. yes that, that that's the word I was looking for okay uh, and you you squirt it essentially if you milk it you squirt it from the anus okay um, okay and this is called castorium and through castorium you get vanilla extract that's literally vanilla extract almost um, but but okay yeah just, just to double check here. Yeah. So vanilla extract doesn't just come from this. It also no, comes no, from it, vanilla beans and vanilla pods, right? Yes, yes. Okay, this is just, um, this an, is just an, an alternative, alternative method of yes. getting the vanilla flavoring. Yeah. Okay. So as we all know, animals mark their territories. Yes. And it's always been said that, that beaver marking, it either doesn't smell or it doesn't smell bad or it smells good like vanilla. Turns out that this is why. Um, <gasps> so they literally use this. The, it's it's a brown and sticky substance. Um, it must be said, and they use this to mark their territories. When a family of beavers take over a river, they use this on either sides of the river to mark the territory. Um, it's fascinating. Um, in a 2007 study, um, I think it was Huffington Post asked a bunch of manufacturers if they actually use castorum. Turns out that no, they don't. And the ones that do is usually just for luxury goods and food. Oh, so you mean like like expensive perfumes and things yes. like that to make sure your money you're getting your money's worth when you're it's actually just getting yes. beaver essence. Beaver anus. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you need beaver <laughs> squirts on top on you. Beaver scent. Um, Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. Uh According to this company, the annual consumption of castorium only totals to about almost 300 pounds total okay. um, in the US. Yeah. So that's nothing compared to what people actually consume in terms of <laughs> vanilla. Well, I mean, you know, um, it makes sense because like this is obviously it would be like a, a fairly arduous process because you yes. need to put the beaver to sleep, apparently. Then you milk it out of its butt, you know, yeah. whereas you could just grow vanilla. I mean, just grow vanilla. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> this is vanilla with extra steps. That's what this is. It literally is this. So, if that apocalypse ever happens and it turns out that the manager of the shop owned a pet vanilla. No, no, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Beaver. What you're saying is what you're saying is if you run out of vanilla in the supermarket, yeah. go and find yourself a beaver. Go hunt a beaver. Go, go hunt a beaver, <laughs> eat it, and then enjoy vanilla scented flavor. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. It's just, I saw this originally in a tweet from IFL Science. Again, yeah. great, great website. No, it, this is and, fantastic. I'm, I'm so yeah. glad you added this because for the longest time now, I've seen these TikToks and Reels and they're all like, Google where vanilla comes from. And I'm like, it's from the vanilla pod. Why are these people yeah, reacting like this? Like, Even so, <laughs> I don't find this, I mean, this this ain't no two girls, one cup. Okay, this is no. this is just like, it's awesome. It's kind of like uh, using ink yeah. from a, a cephalopod to, you know, yeah, make literally. pasta a different color, you know? Yep. Gosh, now I only want vanilla beaver. 
actually I'm curious <laughs> to know what what those kind of products um go for like what prices they go for I would I would imagine um, a lot like I said like I said this is yeah. vanilla with extra steps also also yeah. you can't just I imagine you can't just take the stuff actually I'm wondering because you know you say it's to mark the territory right so apparently they mix yes. it with a bit of urine and they stick it all over the show I'm wondering if you had to have that in pure form, if I had to like rub that inside my cupboard, if that would make everything smell beautifully vanilla. In pure form, it it, it looks kind of like um, tree, tree sap. sap. Uh, oh. But, but like, I mean, like, do they have to do anything to glue. it to get the smell? Or does it just I'd, smell I'd like vanilla? No, if you oh, can gosh. You know what? Just we'll like have that. to, at some point in the future when we can travel again, go to where beavers are and sniff. Well, actually, we could yeah, just, just Google the answer, but you know what the, I mean. The American I, I, I want, I want... I want beaver taint on my hand now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it might smell good. Yeah. And moving on to NSFW. Although maybe we should, this should have been in there because uh, we've been no, tainting it, it up so much. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad. Well, we've spoken about how they have to basically masturbate the, you know, what are they, otters? Sorry, the, the, the beavers in order the to beaver. get some vanilla, delicious vanilla. Although, because you know, the thing exactly is, how it works, but okay. <laughs> in America, <laughs> you know, the beaver stands for something else. You know that, right? Vagina. I, well, I actually don't know anywhere else. I mean, we don't call, we don't call it the beaver here. Yeah, and neither does. No, Europe, we. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. You, Europe calls it the fanny, which America would and be like fanny pack, stuff. which would be butt. You know, so it's totally different. Yeah, America's yeah. weird, man. They have such strange things, like how, Super like, weird. like they don't know about EFTs. If you ever try speaking to an American about oh, how yes. do you send money to them, they they think it's the most difficult process in the world. Whereas I know it's so easy for us. <laughs> Did you send me that Instagram post? That reel of the of yes, the girl going, yes. It's so I so, have no idea. I mean, so what what we're referring to here, and I know we're like deviating from the topic, but um, of course, essentially in America, to send money to someone is like a huge process. You know, you needed to go to the bank or you need to like Western Union it or you needed to use a service like PayPal or Venmo. They literally don't have the simple option of being like, okay, can I please have your account number and I'll just EFT it to you and you'll you'll be done with it. Whereas the rest of the world does that, you know. Uh, so it's just, yeah, it's mind boggling for this alleged first world nation, you know. Um, yeah. Anyway, I mean, of course, this is the same country that only moved to tap to pay and pin codes on their cards like three years ago. So before before that, they were still swiping everywhere with magnetic readers. Wow. Yeah, I know, right? I know. Anyway. And I, right. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Back to where I was going with masturbation. And that is, is it a good form of exercise? Because you know how the trope goes, especially if you're a young boy. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, we can tell your left arm is bigger than your right arm. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I mean, <laughs> you know, or, or, or we know why your one form is bigger than the other one. Hardy, har, har. Anyway, um, it's <laughs> if you've ever wondered if it's good exercise or not, and bear in mind, we're not talking about fornicating now, we're talking specifically about uh, masturbation. Yeah. Well, I'll just rip off the band aid and no. It's not. It's not a good form of yeah, exercise. I, I wouldn't think it is. <laughs> you, you actually don't end up burning a lot. And so, a little bit more into this, um, there's a gentleman by the name of Michael Stahl from Mel Magazine. He decided to look into this because, obviously, with quarantine, everybody being at home and you have a lot of time on your literal hands, <laughs> um, he was like, I wonder how, he wonders how much he's burning by pleasuring himself. 
and as it so happens, people haven't looked into this really. Uh, the earliest or the, the latest study he could find was from 1982. And what it did wow. is it only looked at 22 people um, and what their heart rates were when they were pleasuring themselves. And as it so happens, there was a rough average of, a, of 118 beats per minute. And then from there, you can sort of work out a, you know, calorie consumption, et cetera, et cetera. But there's more to it than that, though, because even if you're not moving, you're still consistently burning calories. So then you have to look at your metabolic rates. And anyway, there's this whole long ass calculation that um, Michael goes into and he talks about it. And it's very interesting and it's worth the read. But really, at the end of the day, you're not burning anywhere near enough, no matter how many times a day that you do it to yeah, consider imagine, that as exercise. <laughs> imagine how intense your sesh needs to be <laughs> for it to Not just that, calories. but I mean, like, you know, what if it's quick? What if you can't even go for five minutes? Did you get what I'm saying here? Like, like I mean, I, you know, you raise your heart rate for 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, well, what is 30 seconds in the grand scheme of oh, things? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just stood up. And now, of course, like to understand, we've spoken about fornication in this regard, and that's excellent yes. exercise. That's totally different. Yeah, apparently. You know, because you're good. using the, the whole body, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So, so there we go. If you ever wondered if this was something that was worth doing, the four calories you might get from it are a no. <laughs> yes. Yeah, sorry to, to bum you out, but your four times a day isn't any exercise. It's nothing. Yeah. You, that, your Apple Watch yeah. is not going to count that. Hey, yeah, we see y'all, y'all <laughs> yeah, cheaters out there that, that put the walking on. Fitbit <laughs> mm-hmm. bike, though. Just saying. Uh, um, possibly. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of devices, Edward has yeah. a royal one for us today. <laughs> yes. Um... Turns out that Her Majesty, the Queen of Britain and all that is up there north of us, she is not, or at least the, the royal congregation, they're not <laughs> too afraid of of sex and all of that kind of things anyway, because they have just given the royal approval to a sex toy company. Okay, but Ed... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, what? <laughs> this is not exactly the same. <laughs> ah, <no>. So, <laughs> so <laughs> this is not the same as the queen being like, "Listen, y'all, I use this daily, and especially now no, that no, my this, love is gone." This, so, no, this, no, is, this is obviously not that. <laughs> it's it's not a promotion of the company. It's just it's, her seal of approval. It's literally that. Uh, but but, but I didn't know it was tell our though. listeners why first go into why okay. okay okay so so first things first as we all said it's a, it's a sex toy company the company is called Love Honey um, and they have been doing very very well in terms of business now this is why um, um, she literally got the it's it's called the Queen's Award for Enterprise uh, yes. which is basically outstanding growth over a number of years so you see Um, so that's what the queen is awarding here is the fact that yes that this company's sales have been on the increase for over six years and therefore is contributing handsomely to the british economy it is not like very well queen lizzie is out there buzzing her way through her day okay so <laughs> to be fair i w- uh, i wouldn't mind no one would mind you know what um, if, if i was that company and we won this kind of a prestigious award i would so yeah. send her a, a gift pack 
Of course. I would just be like, of course, yeah. all, all the best for Her Majesty. Yeah, I would send the entire family like something. One not Megan. Well, she's not. She doesn't count because she's. Oh, that's right. Because she's not anyway. a. She's not in the royal family anymore. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, the the only way you know you get this is by well, the only way you know this is this is a real award is when it's actually announced in the London Gazette. Oh wow. Um, which which I didn't know. I thought it's just something you get sent in the mail. Um. And what it essentially means is that they are allowed to fly the Queen's Award flag at their HQ, That's cool. uh, which you aren't allowed to to fly anywhere else. Um, or well, if you with, don't have this award approval, as well. yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, otherwise, you get fined and possibly jailed for a few days. Um, now, this isn't the first time Love Honey has received hey, this award. Good job. Um, they also received it in 2016. Now, as I said, it is. Continuous growth over, I think it's six years. Yes, correct. Um, so it makes sense that they were awarded this in 2016 and, and then now again. Um, honestly, I just thought it's something that if you get, it's permanent. Like you get the approval and then it's always the approval until you do oh, something bad. It doesn't look like it? Is this something that goes away? This is, yeah, if you don't or, get it over six or, years. Or rather, rather, it's hmm. something that gets bestowed and and like passing the torch. You know, like, maybe. I think maybe that's, well, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, you've got it posted here, so I have no idea. But uh, unless, uh, unless it's multiple companies. No idea. Hey, or is it just one company that gets the approval every year? No, I, I would think it's like a top 100 type thing. Oh, uh, okay. Um, Fair enough. Because it wouldn't make sense if Love Honey alone is the But Brit- I suppose is this British is making company. news because it's a sex toy company. Yes. You that's see, why again, why, um, why is that even... <laughs> I don't know. You know, like... But, but... <laughs> I don't know what made the news, but as, what, as what if the queen didn't know, that, you know, like that's kind of what it, yeah. it sounds like. That's what they're doing, you yes. know, like oh maybe she's she did. I mean, the queen knows, okay, she's human. Yeah, like look, the royal congression is going <laughs> into the modern age or something. Yeah, um, it's just, it's it's silly. Um, I'm just glad it made the news because I didn't even know it was a thing. Yes, yes. Know? I mean, so, we were, so we're not we British. Go. Although next year yeah. is going to be her. I think it's is a it diamond or sapphire jubilee. A diamond. Diamond. Oh, I can't. I can't wait. Diamond. I know. I know. I say yeah. this like I'm. I'm British. I just. I think it's. I just think it's amazing. The We're longest running monarch that anybody's ever heard of. Like yeah. she deserves to to be celebrated yeah. next year. And it's sad that it's sad that her husband won't Prince be Philip there. Wouldn't be there. Yeah. Shame. Almost made it. Hey. Almost. Almost made it. Yeah. Okay, Edward. Tell me why my sex fantasy isn't so unique. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving right on from that topic. <laughs> so. I found another post from Huffington because Good grief. apparently I just they, can't leave a website alone. But they also seem to really want to speak about these things. <laughs> they like the sex, okay? And <laughs> they, uh, I don't know how old this, I think it's a 2019 post um, where they spoke to a bunch of sex workers and they asked them that how unique are sexual fantasies? Turns out that most of them aren't unique at all. Like okay. most fantasies, no matter what you think, well, how alone I mean, you are. Judging by what's always top rated on Pornhub, that makes a exactly. lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So in this post, they, they listed the six most oh. Oh. ones, which aren't unique at all. Um, wait, wait. Oh, really oh, so, so the six strangest ones that are not <laughs> unique at all. That's what you're saying. Yes. The six ones that you might think would be unique. Oh, okay. Now, okay. 
Um, number one, uh, I, I don't know in which order this list is. Oh, but it doesn't matter. Just, just yeah. Yeah, yeah. Number one is is a thing called sissification. You see, that's essentially. It's false feminism. That's what Edward is going to say. And yes, I'm just like, that is that's such a. Oh, you're such a sissy. <laughs> see, but that is exactly it. Um, so it, the, the way it's called this and the way this is thrown in there is because this entire um, fantasy revolves around being called a sissy. It, it, it revolves around being ordered around, being dominated yeah. as a male. I mean, I'm reading it here, right? And you say it's where you're a male yeah. submissive who adopts traditionally feminine behaviors and mannerisms and cross-dresses at the command of the dominant. Yes. You see, yes. Okay. But, but um, they spoke to one dominatrix who said that they, they don't like the, doing it forcefully or, or yeah. even, even if within consent, they do it in ways that, that are more like cheerleading, like encouraging the, the submissive to to wear the dress and to feel good in the dress rather than oh, oh you're a naughty you see, boy you're a sissy now you're for wearing this dress I have, oh I, I see what you yeah, oh I see what you're saying okay that clears it up for me thank you yeah so it's not so, a so, it's not a they're not being mean they're not um no no at it's least not degrading oh. the, 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 the fantasy is about being degraded oh okay but one of the dominatrixes said that no they like encouraging it which is an it's a whole new form of certification i have not read about before but you see again this comes down to things being pointlessly gendered why does this person yeah. have to be sissified do you, do you know what i'm saying yeah. it wouldn't be yeah, a thing if it was exactly the norm yeah. to, to like it, Let's assume this person has a healthy relationship or whatever the case is. Yeah. Why, you know, you, you, the only reason why this person would go to a dominatrix to get off on this is because they don't feel comfortable enough talking to their partner about it. And that in yes. itself is a very sad thing, in my yes. opinion. That's all. That's unless, of course, it. unless, of course, maybe they have spoken to their partner and the partner's not interested and then they go and get a dominatrix. Or maybe their fantasy is just doing it behind the partner's back or whatever. Yeah, people get um, off on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um the second one on the list is forced by, which is also another one I thought like should be common, commonplace, but forced. apparently it's not. Yeah. It's For those of forced, you who are listening, you can hear consensual. my air quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, you should note that all of this is consensual and yes, of course. spoken of beforehand. I did make this note as well. Um, but forced by is literally where um, the dominant partner makes the submissive partner engage in sexual activities of the same sex. So what it is essentially is you go to, to your escort and you know this escort for a while and this escort say, um, you say, but you want more. Mm. So, so where it begins usually is, is where you, you get the escort to, to do some bad stuff with you. Um, let's say toys or whatever. Uh, eventually you it grows stale or you want more. Then you ask the escort, hey, let's try this new thing, which is called forced buy, mm -hmm. which is where they get an, a third person or they themselves then go on to you. And, yeah, but, and but it, look, but, but it seems like that that third person would then be the same sex as the submissive. Yes, you see? usually. See, again, yeah. I, this is, I mean, it's unusual to me. Yeah, no, you do. You know, not. I just mean like, even the, the the terminology like forced by and you know yeah, like it's, it's it's hard. Then to again, imagine. then again, I do kind of appreciate it because it would obviously mean that it means one of two things, I suppose. Mm. Given the nature of submission, all right, mm. 
the person is either they are comfortable and happy with themselves, right? And therefore are open to everything, so it's not an issue. Or they're closeted and they feel this is the only way that they can be themselves. Yeah. Generally, well, generally see, those are the two. So Yeah. Okay. See, but that, that's going into the psychology of I, you see, and, I would prefer I know, I know that's I know that's like where I'm, I'm leaning, but I would prefer hmm. I w- I'm gonna think that these people are open to the experiences versus being um closeted because i think that's very sad and everybody needs to live their truth that's what i'm getting at well whether you're open or not that's what these escorts are asked to mm, do and, mm. and it, it it is sad in a way that they can't just go to the partner and, and ask but you see now of course you see now, when i opened my mouth just now i realized i'm making assumptions and yeah. i shouldn't because i don't know <laughs> Do you yeah, know what I mean? So they they, they could mean, very well be just incredibly open with their sexuality and they don't really, you know, it's not an issue, which is great. And that's yeah. where we should all be moving in the future. But but in essence, we are calling this sex fantasies. This is yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. So so see, I, by, I suppose maybe that's default, why I was, open. yes, I, that's why I was sort of, you know, wondering, because yeah. you know, if it's a fantasy, you know, why can't you have your fantasy elsewhere instead of having to get a sex worker? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I get that. Um, look, maybe it's uh, just. That's just me, you know, being a firm believer in if you have a partner, you are open with them. You talk to them about everything, yeah. your needs, yeah. you work through things. And if you really can't come to like a, an agreement, you know, then this is, I guess, this is the kind of thing that gets seen to you as, as like a. I want to say third partying, but that's a game term. <laughs> well, that's but that's it's technically actually, yeah, that you you would get a third party yeah. to then fulfill the needs that are not being met. But then, of course, anyway, anyway, exactly. Please carry on, Edward. Sorry, I'm just. Uh... No, no. Well, speaking of third parties and such, um, the third point in this list is role playing. I'm not going to go too into oh, role playing. We this, all know uh, what that come is. Come on, this one. Why? Okay, so okay. So just to double check again, all of these things yes. are things that are what you'd consider unusual, but are actually not. So what these, these sex workers. Yes. So these are unusual. super common, actually. That's what we're going it's through. Super here. common among couples. But even so, how interesting that yeah. the, the, those ones that you've the, you've spoken to in, in the, the I mean, I would never have said that those two were. Yes, neither I mean, have I. I mean, uh, role playing sounds... absolutely. I mean. Come on, yes. everybody's going to do that at least one time in your life. Yeah. All right. Like, like you're going to want to, hey, let's do the cops and robbers thing or let's do. Well, the goodness knows I'm going to be Thor and I'm going to be doing some know. hammering. But anyway. <laughs> uh... <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this episode is over. <laughs> it's hammer time. <laughs> and you're not, at least you're not Hulk, okay? Doing some well, your Hulk smashing um, is very different to Thor pummeling. Hammering, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't think so. Um, I do it. Okay, anyway. moving on to cuckolding. This is yes. this is unusual because I I, yeah. I I sort of think I know what the term means, but I'm still maybe not exactly sure. So see, I'm curious to see what you have to say about it. Oh, so, okay. so so according to them, cuckolding. Wait, is wait, 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 wait. Hmm. What did you think it was before? Because I haven't read ahead yet. See, okay, so having seen <clears throat> the videos I've seen and, yes. you know, with my limited knowledge, I thought cuckolding is... How do you pronounce it? Cuckolding or alding? Alding. Anyway, well, I think uh, anyway. it's, it's literally just where a third person watches someone else have sex, oh, I guess. Okay, so um, okay, my limited knowledge of it was whereby 
and correct me, we will obviously correct this because yeah, I mean, yeah, you're yeah. going to tell me now what it means. Yeah. Is where you almost get like blue balls, you know, where somebody gets you to like a point and then well doesn't, you know, you don't. Is yeah. that not what it is? It's not. Um, so, oh. so, see, I thought it's like a mixture of the two that we just mentioned. Yes. But yes, it, yes, yes. apparently it's, it's, it is sort of not the blue balls thing, but, but the watching thing. Okay. It's, it's where you as, let's say, you and your partner, yeah. you go to someone else. Then you literally just sit there and watch and you get aroused by your partner having sex with someone else. Okay, but that's what cuckolding is. I but then how do you get off? It's much worse than that. I don't know. Maybe you just jizz in your pants without getting off. Um, okay. But yeah. That, right. That's, that's, um, that's literally... Okay. That's an Thank unusual you. thing being asked. That, I think um, what, what makes this unusual is that escorts don't expect couples to come to them. Uh, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, and, and according to Huffington Post, many of these sessions include forced by or familiar BDSM plays, which oh, is familiar. You see, it. now that that is encouraging because that mm. takes away from me thinking that these people might not have healthy relationships. Actually, yeah, as a matter yeah. of fact, they're very healthy because they're there with their partners. So good on you. Good yeah, on you so. for people who um, are doing. Yeah, that's that's that shifts completely what the way that I thought about it. Yeah, or the way so that I'm at thinking least about this it. Points mentioned yeah. explicitly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then number five is threesomes, which oh, but is come now, that's obvious. Everybody is. wants one at least once, right? Now, at I, some I don't point. know why this is unusual or you or no, no. I think I think, I think it's because it's I think it's because it is still like taboo. You know, like people are like, oh, how could you? How dare you? You know, don't want to share your partner. You know, more you get what I'm saying. More taboo than sissification, I guess. <laughs> um, I don't know. And then I, I, six, I hear you. I hear you. And then six is is something that I would put under the role playing, but for some reason, it's it's its, its own thing. A thing okay. of itself. Yeah, it's blackmail, which is literally just role playing blackmailing. Oh yeah. I don't know. That, no, that's what yeah. they say anyway. Maybe maybe it's real blackmailing and. No, so that, no, that's like, that's like I've, I've told your wife I'm going to send her pictures if you don't that's do me now you know like is. that kind of um, yeah <laughs> you naughty naughty boy how dare you cheat on your test I'm going to tell the principal can, okay well tell that is okay Edward that was so, a, a part I was not expecting you to go in that direction but okay <laughs> <laughs> if you know the part why not access well okay. yes hello Thor slash Hulk Thank you. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome. Okay. <laughs> and so, so yeah, the, the whole point is that you don't need to be afraid that you have this weird ass kink. Most of the time, chances are that someone well, would have asked for well, it before. I, I will be perfectly honest with you. Mm. Um, I guess I'm very vanilla. Not Me even too. beaver vanilla. I'm obviously yeah. pod vanilla because <laughs> when I was thinking about, <laughs> I mean, if I have to think of like fantasies, mm. the, okay, maybe the only two out of this list would be the role playing and the threesome, but none of the other stuff. But so threesome to be fair, like, yeah, no, well, I mean, no, well, <laughs> you, you do you, but like for me, I'm even more vanilla than you then. <laughs> because yeah it's it's so, just so weird. you see i'm vanilla pod you vanilla essence there we go <laughs> i'm vanilla extract <laughs> it's, just, I, it's, it's weird uh, but yeah it, it's not weird enough for you to feel 
alone. Yes, th- that's that's what I'm saying. So maybe see see. So this one is like your sex fantasy isn't so unique. But then maybe there are people out there who are like they want to experience the the squid hentai. You know? Yeah. Maybe. You know, th- th- like like that. I guess would be super unique then, right? I bet there are people who go to Japan because they think for some reason they. It's only in Japan that you I, can get this. No, you can probably get it everywhere. But it's also at the exactly. same time, though, I mean, like, I, I know we spoke about my octopus teacher last week. Mm. They can be quite dangerous, so you'd have to be very careful. Um, do do you know? Do octopuses have teeth? They or have, do they only suck? No, they have. If the term is correct, I think it's mandibles. No, no, sorry, they have, they have oh. a beak. They have, no, they have a beak. They have a beak. Sorry, beak. Okay. And then um, other ones have um, in the the tentacles on the tips. Some of them mm. actually have like a almost like a needle-like point where they can inject um, venom. Oh, okay. So unless that- you want something like that going into your ass or your vagina, I can't imagine it being a very, a very. <laughs> actually, this is reminding me of something else, and this is totally unrelated. <laughs> um, I was sent a video of somebody, and I, I forwarded this to you, Edward. Yeah. Of somebody putting Mentos and Coke in their butt. Oh. And I was like, "Why would you do that?" No, and I, 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 I was, I just, I, I was just like, "I'm already somebody who doesn't even drink fizzy drinks because of the gas." Now you've gone and you've put like Mentos and Coke into your, and I was just like, I, I googled it because I needed to know if the if the people if they survive, like how much damage is there from. I mean, you know how quickly that expands, right? And this yeah. video was just like shocking, like her, her whole stomach just like whoop, and then like came out and it was and it makes awful. me sad as well anyway, so yeah. i did some googling and um, i just came across some more really funny stories of people giving their anecdotal evidence obviously on reddit about how they felt about it and that but it didn't do any lasting damage thankfully uh but i still can't imagine it'd be good for you just in general so please yeah. y'all don't don't do that this is like eating tide pods okay yeah don't don't, don't do, do that don't do stupid stupid well this you is know? the thing people who do things like i don't think it's dumb <laughs> Gosh. All right, um, and this is the end of NSFW. Gotta gotta put it pin in it at some point, right? Because otherwise, yeah. just gonna... uh, I just want to mention something quick. We we spoke about the the octopuses and stuff. I saw a quick video. I think it was IFL Silence also Science mm-hmm. also who tweeted this about the world's biggest octopus, um, the kraken. Um, they oh, found yes. They found video more video footage of this thing. Now, the only reason we know it exists because we know very little about our oceans. The only yep. reason we know the kraken exists is because well, it con- hold on, hold every on. few it, years, it's not the kraken, it's the giant squid. It's different. Well, it's, it's different. It's called the kraken. Um. Anyway, the, let's hope it is the kraken because that would be super cool. It, it's not the mythological kraken. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It's just a giant squid. Like, like I no, do no. believe that Nessie the plesiosaur is somewhere. Okay, she lives. Whether oh, yeah, in Loch Ness or not, she's somewhere. Okay. Now, now it should be mentioned that this thing's tentacles grows up to forty meters. At least that's, that's what evidence long. we've seen. Sure. And the only reason we know of this is because it, it every few years one washes up. One washes up, yeah. To the Cape Town beaches. I've now seen that. I've, there is a video of this thing on Twitter, and it looks scary. It looks so share, scary. Please and share so this, Edward. I'll I'll link I this as a it. as a note just before we you know I before will we do, do this, the yeah. the outro. Wow. And that, I just wanted to mention that. And and going on the mandibles thing. Do you know how many people you can feed? Beaks and stuff. Because, you know, we were, I remember I told you, like, my mother was like, we're not eating calamari anymore. All I can think about is calamari now. 
Yeah. I'm hungry now. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to mention that as a quick, quick this interesting This is typical Gettle. <laughs> what can we eat? How can we eat it? And would it is be tasty? Is edible? And exactly, exactly. And and what can you fall on that's just going to up your butt? That's also part of the things that Literally, we just end up talking about. We've had multiple episodes where we have lay motifs throughout Gettle that, that keeps coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, uh, okay, well, that was the end of... Um, well, welcome to the end, rather. Well, thank you for joining us throughout yes. Gettle 55, Season 2, Episode 13. Uh, which has a lot of prime numbers, with the exception of season two. So that's that's something awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that um, one of you guys pointed out we're going to be getting to episode 60 soon, although I think episode 69 is the one that we're going <laughs> to be looking forward to. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the better one. That might be the better one, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, either way, uh, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Gettle. We hope you all have a wonderful week ahead. And if you enjoy, you know what to do. And we look forward to seeing you all again next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.